Hey guys, hope you're doing great. Look, I've been a little bit busy over the past few weeks. Been traveling, been working really hard on a few large and interesting launches we have in our business. And I've also been busy on media. And what we're going to do in today's podcast is provide you the audio of two recent interviews I had over the past week with major media outlets. The first is my chat with ABC News 24, where I talk about the Hillary Clinton scandal and how that impacts markets and investments, and a few other issues related to Australia, to the investment landscape in Australia. And then we jump into a more meaty interview a lot more detail, where I spoke with Bloomberg Television last week. We're talking about one of the largest news programs when it comes to finance and investing right around the world. I spoke about a lot of topics, and one of the topics I speak about is my outlook for gold next year. So you're going to learn a lot. There's two interviews. We're going to dive straight into them, and then we're going to come back to you in the next few weeks with more editorial type of podcasts. I hope you enjoy it. Most importantly, I hope you learned something this week. Good luck. Well, for more on the markets, we're joined now by Peter Esho from Esho Research. Peter, good morning to good you. Morning. It doesn't seem like this uh, developing story out of the States with the FBI reopening their investigation into Clinton, e Clinton emails had much impact on the market trading there today. It, it actually came right at the end of the trading session and the market was higher and it fluctuated by a fair bit and it squared off towards the end of the session as we saw those numbers. But I think the real question here is what emerges over the weekend. And either way, whether something comes out of it or not, I think it's really going to weigh on the election, on the political process. And what that does more importantly for markets, markets can be confusing you know, in a normal environment, yet alone something like this. Everyone's expecting the Federal Reserve in the United States to increase interest rates in December. And I think what this does is really puts that into question. And what happens at the Federal Reserve in the United States has an impact on all markets right around the world. So this will be huge. Um, if it persists over the weekend, it's definitely going to weigh on markets next week. Yeah, and that, those seem to be the two key issues weighing on the markets. Will they raise interest rates and what's going to happen with the election? And of course, they're both interrelated. Uh, mm. And the thinking seems to be that Janet Yellen from the Fed Reserve should have pulled the trigger yeah. a little earlier than now. Well, in hindsight, you know, they haven't left themselves much room. They've been saying rates will rise sometime this year for the whole year. And what's happened throughout the year is the market's been pushing it out a month further, a month further until the end of the year. If they don't move in December, it's going to cause a lot of issues in markets because it's basically been almost factored in anywhere between 60 to 90 percent certainty that the Fed will raise. And the Fed needs to raise because interest rates are at historically low levels in the United States, very close to zero. And to normalize your economy, you need to make adjustments to interest rates. There are other impacts everywhere else from having low interest rates. The Reserve Bank, for example, in Australia, cannot move as much when the US interest rate is very, very low. That has an impact on our housing market, has an impact on many other things. So if the, the US does indeed raise rates uh, when the Fed next meets, the impact here? The impact here is the Reserve Bank has a little bit more room to move. Uh, they can start looking at our own rates, they can maybe increase rates slightly or stop cutting rates and not have to worry about the currency. 
the impact that has on the overall economy. You know, when you talk about the Australian dollar, it's the Australian dollar relative to the US dollar. And what happens in the US dictates what happens here. So every central bank around the world is waiting for the US Federal Reserve to move. And now that this political uh, issue has come out, if it washes over over the weekend, I think the market will brush it off next week. But it doesn't look like it. You know, I'm no political expert, but just the way that it's come out, the way it's been absorbed, the way it's being reported so close to an election, it's going to weigh, as your previous guest said, on the overall process. And Peter, domestically, do you feel as though the interest rate cycle here is at an end and perhaps the next move may well be up sometime next year? Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I think... Um, Interest rates in Australia have been cut. The inflation data that came out during the week shows that the economy is travelling well and there's no longer a risk to inflation falling too low. So the Reserve Bank now has some comfort. The Reserve Bank is sitting in a position where it's not panicking anymore. Things have stabilised, commodity prices are starting to pick up. That's very, very important for Australia. And I do think that next year the Reserve Bank will want to increase rates. But what happens in the United States will dictate at what pace and at what timing and how much movement can occur. Penny, so, so I definitely think rates are going up. Uh, you just touched on their uh, commodity prices starting to improve and energy prices. What's behind that? They've fallen so much. They've been absolutely annihilated. You have a look at the way the oil price has fallen or iron ore or thermal coal. They fell to levels that were basically below the cost price for a lot of producers. And energy you is not a discretionary commodity. You know, gold, you don't have to buy gold. You can live without hoarding gold. But energy, there are countries in our region and right around the world that cannot function without energy sources. And so the market has reacted. The market has reacted to those low prices. Production has ceased. Supply has, has, has stopped and the market's now self-correcting. And that's very good news for Australia because over the past 10 years, we've been increasing our energy exports. What's coming out of Queensland, what's coming out of Western Australia in those remote areas, that was all meant to be ramping up. And then prices fell. Now prices have stabilised. We see a lot of earnings are pretty positive. We see M&A action as well. Also a lot about this inflation story that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, this rebound in commodities that we have seen may actually help deliver what the RBA, I guess, hasn't really done in the last couple of years, which is the end of this deflationary spiral. Where are you on this, in this debate right now? I'm quite positive on industrial commodities. There are generally two baskets of commodities. The currency commodities, which is mainly gold and silver, and they've done really well in a low interest rate environment as counter currencies to the US dollar uh, and to paper currency. But the industrial commodities have been absolutely annihilated. Not just energy, but if you have a look at the base metals, the bulk commodities, they've come off a very high level. They've based now for a couple of years. They haven't done much. And I think the story in 2017 will be slightly different. If you have a look at a lot of the smart money managers around the world, guys like Jeremy Grantham, they've been talking about the discount uh, in the valuation of a lot of these commodity producers. And I think as bond yields start to rise, we're already seeing that on the 10-year note from very, very low levels. When that starts to happen, I think you will also start to see a lot of these metals, like copper, for example, like iron ore and thermal coal, starting to bounce from their lows.
Yeah, you know, we see this, the stronger dollar, though, uh, still quite a, a bit of a play here. Expectation, ex expectation, as you mentioned, that yields could continue to rise, inflation coming back up, particularly in the U.S. Is this the perfect case to buy the dollar, or do you see another situation, another scenario? I think there's, there's some great optionality here. So you can go straight into the spot market and trade the commodities themselves, or you can look for a commodity producer. Uh, you're taking equity, so there's equity risk. But some of these markets, some of these producers in very well-developed e economies and developed stock markets have been smashed. They're coming off a very low base. So you have a lot more leverage uh, when you go into the equity uh, of a commodity producer. You potentially also have some diversity. Uh, there are great diverse names out there that are across several mines, several operations, several types of commodities. And I think if you have a look at the yield trade, it's become very, very crowded. And any equity, any stock that doesn't deliver earnings growth as the yield differential changes and as these bond yields rise, any asset that isn't growing its cash flow, I think will be absolutely smashed and there'll be a gradual shift towards the cyclicals, which are those commodity exposures. Yeah, we are seeing those trends start to reverse uh, into the cyclicals, uh, Peter. Uh, you know, the call all summer has been also buying developing market uh, equities. With the Fed rate hike, though, seems to be looming in December. Do you still think EM stocks are worth the buy? I mean, MKM saying the dollar seems to have priced in a Fed increase already. And something that we have learned since May is that EM and dollar could actually work positively. There's actually a positive relation there. Look, I think it's, it's, uh, there's two different approaches. You can take the macro view, the top-down view, and take a very well-diverse exposure in an ETF or in a fund uh, and, and, and get exposure in that way. What we like to do is take the micro view, pick the businesses that will not only benefit from the changes in capital, as you point out, but also from secular trends. If you have a look at the online space in China, for example, those tech exposures that are not only cyclical trades, but there's a very strong uh, secular uh, case there. They've performed very, very well. And that's our style because, you know, the larger moves, the top-down moves, you really need to have a long-term time frame. You need to, to be deploying large amounts of capital. You need to make sure that you're getting high-quality diversity. And I think the opportunity for the average investor, for the self-directed investor or a family office is very much taking those micro picks. And they don't necessarily have to be in emerging markets because you have a, a lot of businesses listed on the developed markets like the U.S. Exchange, Australia or even in the U.K., that have operations in those emerging markets. Uh, Peter, when we uh, teased your segment, we were talking about you being uh, all in in commodities, buying commodities. I want to go into gold because yesterday we had a guest that I was talking to who was bullish on gold. But, you know, we're talking about a strengthening dollar. We're also talking about Fed funds futures that are pricing in about a 60-ish percent chance of a rate hike. That's not good for gold. What are you thinking in terms of gold by the end of this year? I don't like gold because gold has had its rally, its basing. Uh, there isn't really a narrative there unless you have a currency narrative. And what I prefer is a business, an equity that has earnings growth potential. You know, gold gives you no yield. It's a storage of value. It's a counter currency. But if you have a look at businesses that have been using cheap debt, and we're talking about corporate debt spreads, 
for a lot of these you know, rising and emerging businesses that have never been this low. So there's a lot of access to cheap capital. And if you have a very good business, and if the global economy starts to pick up, you'll start to see that through the earnings growth, earnings per share growth. And I like that. That excites me more than going out and taking a currency exposure on gold, which has had its rally, it's based. There's a lot of speculation in the gold price. It's very difficult uh, to measure the demand because you know, there are so many different factors uh, out there and it's very distorted. I like to pick the individual equities themselves. And I think if you have a look uh, through history, that's where the large amounts of wealth have been generated. And picking stocks like Google, for example, or Facebook, when, you know, post-IPO, Facebook fell. It was annihilated. And today it's one of the market darlings because it showed an ability to grow earnings consistently in a market that's growing.